Support for Georgia College Connections comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. I am your host, Daniel McDonald. Each year, the Georgia College community comes together to celebrate, but also put under close scrutiny, the founding document of our representative form of government. Constitution Day is a federally mandated part of a public higher education in these United States, but my guests today exude a particular zeal in bringing Constitution Week to Georgia College in the wider Milledgeville community. Join me in welcoming Jahan el Brighton Sant, Nicholas Creel, and Dana gorzelani Mostak to the WRGC studios. Welcome, y'all. Great to be here. Thanks. Um, so I mentioned at the top that institutions of higher education who receive federal funds are required <laughs> to hold an educational program about the U.S. Constitution. Done and done. But why do we at Georgia College go a step beyond to explore the Constitution in depth with an entire week of programming? About six years ago, we had a professor who had a particular interest in constitutional law, and it was sort of his vision to extend the programming. And then when I joined the faculty and started working with him, we just kind of grew a little bit more. And then... About um, three years ago, the Office of the Provost saw the importance of what was going on with Constitution a Week and started a committee campus-wide, so including ANS and the College of Business and Education and Health Sciences, so that all of us were working together for all of the students to bring the most relevant programming across the campus. When y'all are planning conversations like this, I mean... Maybe not so much within your planning operations, but when you present these programs to the people, I mean, what are the reaction to these constitutional questions that you're facing in these programs? When we do the planning, it's usually several months before because we really want to bring in um, great speakers. And so sometimes it's hard to find the topics that match the, what's happening on the days and the weeks of Constitution Week. Um, so we try to find the most relevant sort of current event of interest to student topics that we can. And so one thing that we're really deliberate about is trying to have a representation from both sides of an issue. And so, for instance, when we had God and Guns, we had the person who initiated the bill in regards to campus carry. We also had a person who was opposed to that bill. And they talked in a really respectful way. And we want to model that type of uh, respectful discourse to our students. And I think our students truly appreciate the fact that we're not just putting one-sided um, talking heads uh, that are fighting over issues. We, we are having people who have evidence on both sides, thoughtful opinions on both sides who are having a really interesting and complex discussion. I mean, I think all of us, whatever class we teach here at Georgia College, uh, we put a lot of emphasis on engaged citizenship and I think Constitution Week is an opportunity for the students to engage in these sort of dialogues outside of the classroom. 
In, when we think about the polarized time in which we are living, does it require any sort of sensitivity to find those issues where there can be a thoughtful conversation about it, as opposed to what we see in many other portions of our media environment, where it really is just talking heads blasting one another? This year, we are discussing Georgia's recent bill in regards to abortion. That is clearly a hot button topic that gets people very sometimes unable to speak rationally. They just speak in emotionally. And we're addressing it from the perspective of the history of Roe versus Wade. What did that particular court case address? The Georgia bill and how it is potentially a type of case baiting to try to overturn Roe Wade along with other state legislation. And then talking about it in the framework of business, because that particular discussion is taking place in the College of Business. Everyone is invited to attend, but it's also discussing how the Georgia's um, film industry is reacting to Georgia's what's known as the heartbeat bill. And so instead of having the discussion on what are your personal views on abortion, pro and con, and where people can get just really mired down in their personal beliefs, we'd like to take it from this factual, historical background, and in light of these laws, how does that impact this particular business sector and try to take some of that emotion out of it so that we can have a rational discussion about these sensitive issues? I know I'm personally really looking forward to attending this one and the event we have on Wednesday just because of how how relevant it is to today's students. You know, I don't think people are super educated on a bunch of these things because they're such hot topics that people, you know, they grow up with their parents and, you know, their parents think of it one way. But then, you, you know, you watch the news and everyone, again, is talking heads and just kind of screaming at each other the whole time. And there's not a bunch of evidence. And I think with with this, students will have the evidence and be able to form more of their own opinions based on those facts rather than emotions, which I'm super excited for. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you on that one, especially the idea that most people, when they show up to these you know, debates in, in their everyday lives, aren't doing it in the way we're doing it, where we try to lay it out in the most evidence-based, you know, neutral way possible to discuss the issue, as opposed to, or you mentioned how in other media environments, it's just immediately the talking head screaming. We, we really try to avoid that. We're not trying to push any particular view. We're really trying to understand the underlying issue and to, as you said, to educate the people, because most, of, most Americans aren't constitutional scholars. They may not understand how Roe v. Wade is an actual constitutional law issue instead of just a health law type issue. And so that's one of the biggest things I think that we're looking for what our goals are, or try to let people understand why this document is actually being discussed when we're talking about something like marijuana or abortion. Do you all feel from your experience of putting on these Constitution Week celebrations that we are a little bit better when we are actually in a real time face-to-face environment than we are as we look at ourselves through the prism of the media and popular culture? I do because I think we're having these conversations, not just thinking about the impact that they have nationally, but we're also thinking about how things impact us locally in our community as well. There's more of a connection when you have it with a, especially a college community, you know, everyone's doing all the same things on the same campus almost at the same time. And instead of them just, you know, watching the news or getting updates on Facebook or CNN or Fox or wherever they get their news from, 
you have actual people talking to you. So you get more of a personal connection with that. It's so true, especially if you think about your generation, you have so much of your lives and your communication is mediated through a screen, right? Yeah. Um, where this is face-to-face opportunity. And I think having face-to-face conversations perhaps builds empathy and understanding in a way when you, you know, just send off a text message or post something on social media, it doesn't have the same sort of, you don't so much see the other person in front of you and have the same quality of exchange that you do in person. And this encourages those types of exchanges. All right. Well, we are going to take a moment for our first break of the evening. If you are just joining us, you're listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we are featuring the Constitution Week celebration at Georgia College. During our breaks, we'll feature campaign music selected by one of our guests, Dana Gorzolani Mostak. Right now, we'll hear an excerpt of Frank Sinatra singing a campaign edition of High Hopes to benefit John F. Kennedy in the 1960 presidential election. Dana will present a selection of historical campaign music at the keynote and concert event, which will kick off the Constitution Week celebration on Monday, September 16th. Everyone is voting for Jack Cause he's got what all the rest lack Everyone wants to back Jack Jack is on the right track Cause he's got high hopes He's got high hopes 1960's the year for his high hopes Come on and vote for Kennedy Vote for Kennedy Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you are just joining us, we are uh, talking about and looking forward to a week-long celebration of the U.S. Constitution. This week on the Georgia College campus is Constitution Week when we come together to celebrate the many aspects of this founding document for our representative form of government. I'm joined in the WRGC studio today uh, by members of the committee that are bringing these events to the Georgia College campus and the Milledgeville community. They are Brighton Sant, Jahan El Dana Gorzolani Mostak, and Nicholas Creel. 
Now, in that last segment, uh, we kind of talked about the spirit of Constitution Week that we are evoking through the celebration and, and even talked a little bit about some of the issues that we'll be looking at. But I thought it time for a, a more proper exposition of the week. We'll start that part of the conversation off by um, just talking about uh, kind of those perennial uh, parts of Constitution Week. Uh, what are those components that people will see each Constitution Week and how will they be renewed for this year? The core of the week has basically been three events, one being the Tracks in the Trail concert that Dana, I'm sure, is going to talk about more in a second. The second one is the Supreme Court Review Panel, where we have uh, four to six lawyers, judges, professors, each focus on one constitutional case from the most recent term and try to summarize it in a way that's understandable to an undergraduate audience. And then the third component is the Times Talk. The rest of the week is built around those core elements. Many of our longtime listeners may remember Dana and the Tracks on the Trail program, which we turned into a podcast before the 2016 presidential election. But how does that uh, programming turn into a live concert that we'll present uh, during this Constitution Week? So I think art plays a significant role in any healthy democracy. So the concert is really an opportunity to celebrate that. For anyone who's following the 2020 election closely, you probably have noticed moments where the candidates will walk onto the stage with a pop song playing in the background. I know Donald Trump has been using Lee Greenwood's famous song, God Bless the USA, as he's walked onto the stage. Elizabeth Warren has used Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. And so at least in recent memory, when we think of candidates and the pageantry surrounding their campaigns, we think of pop songs. But that wasn't always the case. In the 19th and the early 20th century, usually candidates, well, I should say the candidates' teams would take tunes that everybody knew, and then they would create a new candidate-specific text set to that tune. Some of you might, of course, heard uh, Tippecanoe and Tyler, too, is the famous one. So in the concert, uh, we actually resurrect some of these old gems from campaigns past, uh, and students at the Georgia College Department of Music uh, perform them. So it's a really great opportunity to see ways in which art or music more specifically has been harnessed to communicate political messages during campaign season. That concert this year is going to combine with a keynote speaker who's coming from the University of Denver. And the title of his talk is The Supreme Court and Your Life. And so he's going to be focusing on how to what extent is the Supreme Court political? How do these cases actually impact our day-to-day -day lives? And then dovetail into that concert as a combined activity on that evening. Uh, one thing that we added this year are lunch discussions. So we had the time talk every week that usually occurs on a Wednesday. And we thought, why don't we add other lunch discussions during the week? So this is the first year that we've included a lunch discussion every day, Monday through Thursday. And those are more informal. We're expecting maybe a few less people to attend those. And they're more designed to have give the students an opportunity to discuss some maybe hot button current event issues, such as there's the abortion one that we already touched on earlier. There on the Tuesday, the discussion is how DNA can be used on online sites. So there's heritage.com and ancestry.com where people submit their DNA for analysis. And law enforcement has been using this DNA to then catch the Golden State Killer. Right. So the question is, to what extent can DNA be used and privacy concerns there? The Times Talk will be, do you want to talk about that, Brighton? Oh, Who's yeah, the, the Times Talk about the Marijuana and Supremacy Clause. Uh, yeah, 
So I really think this one will be really interesting because we just recently had a college student get arrested in Russia for carrying medicinal marijuana. And what I think is important about this is that I don't think students are fully educated on the difference between having a medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, where that where marijuana is legal just in general. You know, there's so many rules and regulations following it. I think that, you know, students will really enjoy that because it is such a it's it's a culture of you know, college students, especially now these days. The Carl Vinson chair, Hank Edmondson, is going to facilitate that particular talk on Wednesday. And then the talk on Thursday is going to occur at the old governor's mansion. This is the first time that we're having any event at that particular location. And this topic will be Confederate memorials and the First Amendment. And so what better place to discuss Confederate memorials than at the old governor's mansion? This year, we also collaborated with the Office of Leadership And they usually do an Inspire series where they bring in speakers. And so one of the speakers, which is on Tuesday, is part of that speaker series. It's actually the um, Ushery uh, Forum on Leadership. And he is a chief of police in LaGrange, Georgia, who was the first chief of police to formally apologize for its involvement in Jim Crow era laws. And so that was specifically selected by that particular office. This Supreme Court panel that is going to be on Wednesday We sort of, as a committee, talk about what speakers do you think, do you guys know, do you think would be relevant? And one of our speakers is from Emory University, University, and he clerked for United States Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. So we're going to have this amazing resource and a person who has clerked in the highest court in the land. And uh, we also have a constitutional law scholar at the University of Georgia, we have our constitutional law scholar, he's here today, Nicholas Creel here at um, Georgia College, and Matt Ressing, who is the person who stort, sort of started Georgia College's celebration of Constitution Week here on campus. He's now at the University of Georgia in the Terry College of Business. And our final panelist there is Judge Mandy Petty, and she is a superior court judge in the Okmulgee Judicial Circuit, which covers Baldwin County. So we have a cross-section of professors, people who have clerked, people who are in academia, and then people who are doing this day-to-day to try to help the students understand the context of these constitutional issues. The final event on Thursday that hasn't been mentioned yet is a documentary on Georgia DACA students. It's on immigration, and it follows the lives of three students from Georgia and how they struggled with a transition of, you know, DACA being initiated and then essentially yanked out from under them. And it's a really moving piece. And there'll be a discussion with our new, uh, another new faculty member, Dr. Daria and the Cultural Center. So we're doing a lot more collaborations this year with Constitution Week and trying to work with more parts of our campus. If you Google Constitution Week, Georgia College, you will see in the top three hits, a library page that has Constitution Week, the bios for all the speakers, the events, the locations, and it's through the Ina Dillard Russell Library. So if you click on that link, you will see an extensive coverage of the week's events. Well, it's happened again. We're going to take another moment for a short break. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we are featuring the Constitution Week celebration at Georgia College. During our breaks, we are featuring campaign music selected by our guest, Dana Gorzolani-Mostak. Now we'll hear an excerpt of Ed Ames singing a parody of the Broadway hit, Hello, Dolly, proclaiming the presidency of Lyndon Johnson. 
Dana will present a selection of historical campaign music at the keynote and concert event, which will kick off the Constitution Week celebration on Monday, September 16th. Hello, Lyndon. Well, hello, Lyndon. It's just great to have you there where you belong. You're looking swell, Lyndon. We can tell. You're still glowing, you're still growing, you're still going strong. We hear the band playing and the folks saying. You're the man who knows just how to get things done. So, wow, oh wow, fellas, look at that guy go now, fellas. The whole down world agrees that he's the one. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3. If you are just joining us, we are talking about the week-long celebration of the U.S. Constitution that happens in September every year here on the Georgia College campus and really on college campuses throughout the country. I'm joined tonight by members of the committee that are uh, putting forth a whole slate of constitutional issues and constitutional conversations uh, for our Georgia College community. Uh, but really for the entire Milledgeville community uh, to come out and engage in. Tonight, I'm joined by Jahan Eljabagi, Brighton Sant, Nicholas Creel, and Dana Gorzelani Mostak. We've talked about some of the events that are taking place throughout Constitution Week, which, um, if you were listening to us online, may be out ahead of you. If you're listening to us on our terrestrial broadcast of WRGC 88.3 FM. Uh, we are in the midst of Constitution Week uh, right now. Uh, but in this last segment, I kind of wanted to take a step back and, again, kind of like we did in the first part of the uh, conversation, uh, talk about you know why we look at the Constitution each week. Uh, why is it uh, federally mandated that we do so? I mean, why is it something that is just good practice for us as citizens? We're hearing a lot now this phrase constitutional crisis, not only here in the United States, most specifically also in the United Kingdom. I'm wondering when we think about this week, how does a better understanding of these bedrock documents help us navigate these turbulent times in what is essentially a democratic experiment? Yeah, so the term constitutional crisis is really being utilized a lot lately, which personally, I think it's kind of overblown. We've always had 
or arguments over what the Constitution means right out of the gate. Uh, heck, the you know Marbury versus Madison right out the gate. Does the the Supreme Court have the ability to invalidate other laws? That was an issue that we forgot to just put in Article Three of the Constitution and let the court decide for itself. Uh, a massive power grab, if you look at it in that kind of way. So right from the start, we've had to kind of litigate these issues, and it's just been a part of the American bedrock, which you almost have to do when your constitution is as short as ours. It's an extraordinarily terse document. And so we do have to kind of fill out the blanks and decide what does that mean, because it doesn't spell it out for us. Well, and one of the things I thought of in our first segment was that, you know, the constitution was written to be amended, but yet there have not been a lot of constitutional amendments put forth more recently. Do you think that we've kind of uh, just gotten out of practice in seeing everyday life as a a series of constitutional questions as we uh, make our way towards uh, the ideal democracy that we want to inhabit? I don't know that it's that we got out of practice. I don't know that most people were ever in the practice. I think now that we're in the information age, more people than ever can actually engage with the Constitution and kind of listen in on the the conversations that were usually only had by the elites of society, the most educated, the only those who are participating in politics. But now it's for everybody. It's the common man. The Internet's allowed us to have these arguments on Facebook. And so I think that's probably one of the bigger, bigger elements of it. Well, we are coming to the close of our time uh, for our conversation this evening. We have proposed a a number of ways to engage in the celebration of the Constitution this week. And so I want to reserve a little bit of time here on the back end just to to go over that schedule one more time and try to um, invite out our audience members into those constitutional events uh, that may be of interest to them. On Monday... September 16th at noon in Atkinson 202, which is the College of Business. That's where there'll be a lunch discussion about the heartbeat bill, Roe versus Wade, and Georgia's booming film industry. On that evening, that's still Monday at 5 p.m., that's when we have the Constitution Week keynote speaker and the Tracks on the Trail concert, which is, if anyone hasn't attended one of these concerts before, it involves a choir, a quartet, different guitarist, a pianist, great transitions between these pieces. It's just an amazing concert. So I really want to strongly encourage people to attend that uh, five o'clock again on Monday in the Magnolia Ballroom. And then Tuesday, which is um, September 17th, the lunch discussion will be in the College of Health Sciences, room 211. And the discussion will be about the DNA and the privacy. And then at five o'clock that evening will be the uh, speaker, the Louis Deckmar, who's the LaGrange chief of police, and that will also be in the Magnolia Ballroom. Those are really large spaces, plenty of room for everybody. And all of these events have a reception and some sort of food as well. And so uh, please come and join us for both the talk and also for some refreshments as well. On Wednesday for lunch, that's our Times Talk. The American Democracy Project is the one that initiates the Times Talk, and uh, that will be in the Pat Peterson Room, which is on one side of the library. Um, It's a really beautiful space. It's next to the museum. People can check out the museum as well. And then at 6 o'clock on Wednesday evening is the Supreme Court Review Panel. That event will occur in the Arts and Sciences Auditorium. On Thursday at noon in the old Governor's Mansion, uh, the lunch discussion will be on Confederate Memorials and the First Amendment again at noon. And then that evening in the Arts and Sciences Auditorium again at 6 p.m. will be a viewing of the documentary entitled The Unafraid, 
followed by question and answer, period. So okay. Brighton Sand, the person who's speaking, is a mass communication practicum student. So he's the one who's really coordinating a lot of our promotion of this week. You can look on Facebook, and if you search Constitution Week, it'll pull up, and you can click on that and follow the event, and I'll be posting updates about, you know, what time, where it is, you know, reminders to help you get there. And then also the Core Q app, a lot of GCSU students have that, but I believe it's open for everybody, I believe. You can also find the specific details on locations and times and titles of the events on that app as well. It will also go out on front page. So faculty, staff, and students will receive notices on front page. And we're trying to put out a news announcement and media, um, local papers in the surrounding community. So we're trying to just reach out to not just students, faculty, staff, but also community members who might be interested in these topics. Well, Jahan el Brighton Sant, Nicholas Creel, and Dana Gorzellani-Mostak. I want to thank you all for joining me the WRGC Studios to talk about this year's installment of Constitution Week. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> You've been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Uh, today we talked about the 2019 celebration of Constitution Week on the Georgia College campus. Of course, all of the events that we talked about are free and open to the public. Please consider this your invitation to come out and join this ongoing conversation about our democratic experiment. Uh, We too will try to link to different information about the events as they come up through the week. But for tonight, I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It has been my pleasure spending this portion of the evening with you here on Georgia College Connections. And I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.